What is up, everyone? Welcome to Price Plow. Today, we're podcasting with none others than Drew Peters. From now, Alpha Lion. We've talked to him before. Drew, I feel like we've talked to you at every stage except for like the supplement review. Yeah, and it is nice to always share this journey with Sir Benjamin Kane and Mike of Mike of Price Plow. Those are very formal names. Sir Benjamin Kane and Mike of Price Plow. I mean, fun fact, Ben is technically Sir Benjamin Kane. He did stay at the Excalibur one year for supplies. Like, yeah, I'll never forget this because the first thing I hear in the morning, and this is like sharp. So the expo is like, I stayed in the castle last night. I'm like, do tell Ben. And he's like, well, the novelty wore off. I thought it'd be funny, but Drew, it was not funny. And now I'm stuck in the castle. <laughs> I should say it's April 8th. I'm joined by Mike Roberto. And to, I think this should probably set the tone for today. We have a lot of fun when we get to podcast with Drew because we're definitely going to talk about some science, but we also have a good time. So uh, first off, we, uh, the big congratulations, Drew, is now the chief science officer. Or, sorry, I'm sorry, v- vice president of scientific affairs. The, the title the title is very important to get right. And, uh, and we're super excited because Alpha Line is a brand that we have had the pleasure of of working with working for working around like having a lot of fun with over the years um and i've always felt like they were on the forefront of innovation a lot of ways um a lot of props to jordan for being a businessman that also was able to deep dive into the science but at a certain point in scaling we had a lot of great conversations where we said he needed to find someone who could handle it and um Drew, definitely, I'm excited to talk to you about it because a lot of the times I've talked to you about this and I've talked to to, uh, Jordan about this, to scale to the level that they want to scale to, you not only have to be able to introduce innovation, but also make it affordable for the consumer. Like, So we're not pricing the product out of the hands of normal consumers. So I'm super excited to talk about what you've got coming. Um, maybe a, a good thing to start off with was like what you're doing right now. We've had a couple of releases recently, like the Scorch, the Superhuman Sport, and a few things that we can talk about. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the latest drop we just had um, hit the shelves. Well, Econ or them maybe both as well. On April 3rd was Superhuman Sport. I apologize, Advance, you're clicking. That's my very ambitious German Shepherd. So ignore that. She always likes <laughs> to be a part of the show. But yeah, it was this one we're very excited for, um, Superhuman Sport. And uh, it released in that what was special, not only in new flavors um, that were pre-workout of the month, which we're sure we're going to talk about this episode, but also new product. We kind of did a special flavor, special new product, like a double excitement for the drop of it. But it's been interesting. The feedback has been great. Everybody has been really pumped and saw the formula, um, which is awesome, you know, getting that positive feedback. Um, the only complaint that we've had is, you know, sometimes people, you and I discussed this, initially hearing sport, unfortunately, over the years, that word has been negatively, um, negative connotation to it, because like sometimes that's been some brand's entry into food, drug, and mass. And for those casual listening, sometimes food, drug, and mass is a lower price point consumer. They're not looking to pay for that uh, specialty, aka retail, like GNC, vitamin shop, normal sports nutrition price. But you know, the people like, oh, is this going to be a cheap alpha line product? That's not the case at all. We designed it, as the name implies, for sport. It has powered by, you know, adaptogens, not focusing as heavy on the stimulant side of things, you know, flipping all the right switches for somebody that's not looking necessarily to get a pump or they're not just typical meathead or just, you know, looking for a stim bomb. And that's made it really special. 
it's the first of many, and this isn't the prog pitch, but we were, um, you know, I give them the leash here, which is really cool. Props to Jordan for um, definitely keeping the integrity of the brand we stand for, like giving us that lease to put money into the product and not worry about the race to the bottom, cheapest, highest margin things, you know, that's just setting the foundation rather than moving forward, which is really cool. But yeah, that dropped. Um, we had, as you mentioned, the Scorch drop as well. Uh, previous to that, our liquid carnitine product featuring Mottoburn, Glarburn, GP, and of course, uh, the Sweat Factor GBB. So we've had two hot releases already, and there's a lot of stuff coming. Um, next one, mid-month, will be uh, Supreme and Sport in the two staple flavors, and then kicking things off in a very big way in May, which we can segue into a little bit. Cool. Now, I, should we uh, share this label at all real quick? Or, um, you know, honestly, so Superhuman Sport as of right now is not available on your website. I did find it with our friends at naturalbodyinc.com. So um, I'm having an issue trying to share my screen. Maybe we can just pop it in here. But uh, overall, it looks like a, pr a pretty fun formula. And it's not going to be, from what I see on my screen, it's not going to be insanely caffeinated. Is that correct? Correct. It's, the idea was this was just to have it enough to pick you up smooth energy, a blend of the anhydrous as well as calf extend a natural timeless caffeine, about like a cup of coffee, you know, enough to get you focused, locked in, but the rest of it in the formula shines because, you know, the adapters and powers, the things for ATP production, support of that, that was the emphasis here. I see it really being beneficial for a lot of different people. Like Drew, you've been boxing recently. You know, you don't want to use Superhuman Extreme and go box. You're going to get pumped up. You might have too much stim. Mike swims a lot. You know, you're doing those overhead strokes. You don't want to be putting blood in those really awkward places. It, it, people don't realize that with actual sports, you're not looking for you know a massive full pump. You're looking for the right kind of energy. Um, and I, I, I'm excited for it. I have to, you know, obviously selfishly say that the, the rhodiola in there, I'm really excited about, obviously, uh, rodeo prime from NMB, but you've got a couple different things in there that are going to offer a very different feeling than what people would normally be getting from pre-workout. Yeah. A lot exactly. of these, like a lot of the sport pre-workouts, um, and I do enjoy them. They have like, just like a half dose of, of acetylene, a half dose of beta alanine or whatever you went in a completely different direction. Like in two scoops, you got a full dose, 2.5 grams of, of betaine, but you also have the D ribose in there. Um, and working with ATP production, L ornithine, I think highly underrated ingredient, uh, for uh, flushing out the fatigue and everything. Uh, you've added L of ATP. So a little bit more ATP support. And then you have the caffeine. I see a blend 75 milligrams of anhydrous, and then you're using a natural time release caffeine, 25 milligrams of calf extend. Is that 25 milligrams of actual caffeine or is that 25 milligrams of the product? Which um, yields a certain amount. The total yield is the 83 milligrams. So yes. that's, that's okay. kind of how I know it. Yeah. Sweet. And then you got some Pico two, some mushroom action, Aquaman, the rodeo prime six X, like we mentioned 300 milligrams of two scoops. I'm stoked about that. Yes. And then, and then, um, Vita cherry sport 400 milligrams, solid dose there and all amplified by estrogen. This is like a way, way different pre-workout supplement than basically anything we've seen, especially, yeah, you know, we have a lot of people who get excited when we show the low caffeine because not everyone wants it. Like, like Ben said, yeah, if you're getting a box, no one, not everyone wants 300 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah, I mean, I'll take a scoop of extreme if it's Ben, because I mean, when these hands are rated E for Ben Kane, you know, we're going to throw down supply side. <laughs> Not really, anyway. You probably get think I'll throw a bear hug. Hey, it, the bromance is real. The bromance is real. But yeah, that's exactly it. Like, even for, and I, I, I'm not even that freaking old, but now I can say it's like, 
as I've gotten older, I've gotten away from the heavy stems. Like, you know, this could be a great product, you know, for like Ben mentioned the boxing or people that do cross training or like something they want alternative for, for that endurance factor versus just the pump. You know, even for me, like on like training legs with my heart rate getting that high, I don't even want a mass amount of stems. That's where like, you know, our normal superhuman pre and those type products come in handy, but this is exactly it's something versatile. And I'm glad that, you know, people are seeing for what it is. It's very different. And for that reason, but the part two is even then, if you really wanted to stack this the superhuman sport, along with like any pre-workout, like with your normal stem and pump, you can, it, you know, you have to keep in mind total caffeine intake. Like if you, for example, go with like a normal pre around 300 megs, the full serving of each about 383 milligrams, that's getting up there, but it's still not outrageous, you know? Was this, yeah, um... this also could be used in the, like the, in a late afternoon workout too. Like some people, mm-hmm. they, they're up all night cause they made mistakes. <laughs> Been there, done that. Um, I can handle this if it was a post, you know, after work workout. So I think this is a, there's, yeah, there's a lot of people that, that need to see this and then decide like if this, this could be something that's good to have in the arsenal. I was recommending adding it with a pump too. You know, just, just, of, I mean, even easily just a gram and a half of nitrosgene gene adding into that, like would probably round out the pump very, very well. You could have some more than that, but the, the betaine already being in there gives you a little bit of a leg up on that. Mm-hmm. So was this something that you kind of like, like, you coming into a brand, what does that look like? Like coming into, into Alphaline, do they already have like a list of demands for you? Like, or do you, do you kind of have like your outside thought process coming in as well? It was a combination of both. That's the thing that's been really cool right off the bat is I've got to work um, in this case with Jordan and Synergy. And that's typically how I work best with brands, working direct the CEO, like the brand this size where you have that, um, team approach where you know everybody there, but work directly with like, you know, people that make the final decisions, kind of run ideas past. The idea came up, um, he was like, hey, you know, I was wondering about, you know, like a, maybe a superhuman sport, something a little bit different, you know, cause like how he personally trained is more of that cross training thing. You know, I'm the meathead bodybuilder. I'm like, you know what? I have something very cool in mind. He sparked the idea. I'm like, I already know where I'm going with this. And that's kind of how we work back and forth. Sometimes I'll bring something in, hey, I'm really excited. I can't spill it yet, but there's something I thought was freaking ingenious that we're looking to hopefully launch um, toward the end of June. It's so stupidly simple, but I think everybody's going to love it. For example, brought teams like that's let's roll. There's other times like, hey, what do you think about this? It's not an immediate thing. Let's build out, see what it looks like. It's a great working relationship. You know, obviously sometimes we'll present ideas and what would you do with this? I'm like, how much money do I got? And we'll roll. And then sometimes it's a collaborative thing. Like, okay, hey, you know, we're always looking at different things, different pathways. So this was just the product of, in this case, hey, I'm thinking about maybe doing something like a superhuman sport, you know, something that's not necessarily for the bodybuilder meathead type thing, you know, more for like the training. I'm like, I got you. And that was actually a very fun, interesting challenge too, because one, it wasn't, I purposely didn't do this, is that everybody's like, oh, well, you, you missed this. You missed this. It's missing this. I'm like, it's not missing Citroen. Imagine that was the first time I got him. I go, God, of course. I love that. Or oh, if you're 18, oh, it's missing creatine. Oh, it's missing this. I'm like, I purposely didn't put those in. So an interesting thing, I think I actually very distinctly, and props to you on this, Mike, you did the challenge, not like TikTok challenge, but hey, make a pre-workout that supports AT pre-production without creatine. So that was an interesting thing here. And I was like, you know what? I don't believe in creatine's pre-workout anyway. You know, it's not necessary. Let's maybe have something that works and flipping all those switches it's supporting ATP production without creatine. And that's kind of where we arrived at. So 
that's where right. we are, you know? That, yeah, that wasn't exactly what I did. I did a formulator's corner. That was like a mitochondrial boosting pre-workout. And I did actually include a, pre- a creatine, but it was creatine pyruvate. Arubate, so yeah, I, went, yeah, yeah. I went a different direction. But the point is, though, is creatine necessary pre-workout? I mean, creatine is going to lead to benefits in sports, like of all kinds. I mean, this research has been out there forever at this point. But do I need it pre-workout? And that's the, the, that's the question. And the answer is probably is no, You but you should either get enough creatine through eating a ton of meat right. or get it elsewhere in the day. Pre-workout, a lot of, you know, and so th- this is obviously a, an argument that a lot of people have, but like a lot of people want their pre-workout to work with, you know, for your workout. And mm-hmm. creatine is not going to acutely, most likely isn't going to acutely do much for your workout as long as you're keeping saturated in general. Exactly. And, and it's like the... Uh, <laughs> Come different things. I won't call it you directly. You know where I'm going with this. And Ben and I will actually bring this up, and this has happened multiple times. Where in theory, I'm not going to ever support you know purposely underdosing anything. But to Ben's point, which he, he's brought up frequently, some people for things like beta alanine, for example, you don't have to take it all in one shot. You know that there's the, it'll saturate over time. You can get it throughout the day. The thing is, like most people, which I get, it makes sense. You would argue back is hey put the full dose of beta alanine in there because most people aren't going to be getting it from other sources or supplementing it separately. Therefore, Hey, that makes sense to put in one thing. Uh, the same with the creatine it doesn't have to be taken in one shot. It doesn't have to be in a pre, you know, and the thing is too, like if you're the idea is to maintain daily creatine levels, to me, it doesn't make sense to put it in a pre either, unless you're taking that pre-workout every single day. So you're going to have to supplement separately anyway, to truly quote unquote, get the benefits of creatine. Right. So therefore, like, hey, it doesn't have to be in there. That's kind of where that multiple angle argument comes from. You know, we've seen both sides of that. I always find the like the creatine and the beta alanine thing to be an interesting uh, discussion because, yeah, you could put 1.6 grams pre-workout um, and you could have it somewhere else in your stack. But first of all, now you have to sell your consumer on a second product. And you also are assuming that that consumer wants to be taking a full stack of Alpha Lion products, yeah. which like... You know, in the earlier years of supplements, maybe people were like all about a brand, but especially in today's day and age, most consumers are really mix and matching between brands and enjoying that. And you really can't, I don't think you can count on them taking all that at a time. That being said, Alpha Lion traditionally has been an all-in-one pre-workout approach. Uh, your superhumans have generally had your creatine, your beta alanine, like full dosages. So has that not that you're not an all-in-one person, but you're more of an abbreviated person or more of like a get the most out of the least kind of formulator. Has that been something that you've had to introduce to the team? Like I've, uh, right off the bat, the citrulline thing is a, a, you know, a, a funny thing with Drew that you don't use citrulline, not because you don't like it or whatever. I'm sure we'll get into why you don't use it, but has, has that been a, a switch for you? Because uh, Alpha Lion has traditionally offered a lot to their consumers in a formula. Well, it's interesting you bring that up. Um, I can say we are dropping the V2 versions of our pre-workouts in May, which is great, um, just from an update standpoint and so forth. And honestly, it has much of a switch. You know, it always depended on kind of what the budget allows. A lot of times I've had to work within a certain cost range that didn't allow me to do as much. That isn't going to change with Alphaline in terms of we are going to continue to offer those comprehensive formulas. You know, we're still mindful of like, hey, we don't want to, it's this sounds like it's a lot of times you want to over-engineer something, right? Mm-hmm. If you're given that bigger runway. Like in the hardest question I'd have to answer if you were to ask me, if you were to make a pre-workout regardless of cost, what would you put in it? I'm like, shit, I'd have to think about that, right? Because then you just be like, oh, 
you start adding everything, you're like, okay, wait, 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 you know. So to scale it back, I'd rather have a cost in mind to have to hit versus have a free range. There's this kind of interesting thing. Just if you could eat anything in the world, what would you eat? I don't know. Like shit, give me options. Like narrow it down. But that's what makes it fun. So back to the point of this is like, no, it is going to continue to be that kind of all-in-one checking the right switches. And that was honestly an interesting challenge too, because one thing when I came in and I, I stepped back and looked at all the pre-workouts we had on hand, we had the pre, the extreme, the supreme, and the pump, and the burn. I'm like, okay. And I look at the differences between them, like, man, that's like, there's not a massive like difference, so, you know, aside from some of the stimulatory things between these pre-workouts, you know? So, okay, how can we make them so it makes sense in terms of having the different levels to it? You know, so as we were very mindful as a team working back, you know, we don't want to change too much in terms of these cues that are successful, right? I don't have to redo the whole car, you don't have to strip it down. To the team's credit, Jordan and team and Troy did an amazing job putting together the brand, the formulas as it was. That made me very excited and interested. Like, damn, I don't have to quote unquote fix anything. Like I can just help build which is fantastic. We have a fantastic team in place. I can't emphasize that enough. And we're very organized in that aspect. So it's been the transition moving forward. It's been really cool with that. Okay, hey, how can we have, take what we have, update it, make tweaks, make it better, and then build on the new fun stuff, like the sport, the other launches we have coming. So to your point though, it'll can, it'll continue to be the kind of the all-in-one offering, which is great. And it's a refreshing um perspective, you know, having more leeway to go ahead and run with some of these new things, you know, like I was very frustrated for a long time with different places wanting to use, for example, MitoBurn. So it came out, I had one of the first opportunities to use it way back before it got released. I worked with NNB closely. They've been very um, good and cutting edge a lot of things. Like I was first to market with Chloroburn GP back in 2019, early then. Um, you know, but damn, oh, it's expensive. Uh, maybe not, but like, damn it. These guys, are they something's cool. They're not afraid to let me pull the trigger and run with it. And that's one of the coolest parts about some of the innovation we have going on here. We get the opportunity to launch some things, quote unquote, first. So I, that kind of sums it up. And I know we're segueing our things, but there you get the point. I think uh, I'm really excited for to see the, the full offering of the pre-workouts because admittedly, you have so many that at a certain point, I stopped really having a clear image of what the strongest and what the weak, I don't want to say weakest, but the least stim and like that gradient. I, I don't have any concept of where the products line up. In, I, I know Superhuman Supreme is obviously the strongest, but you've had a lot added in. And so to see like Supreme, Burn, the classic sport, like clearly defined along uh, a spectrum of stimulant or however you're, you're grading them would be really cool because um, you have a lot. <laughs> yeah. And that is one thing we, we, we did do is, okay, make it purposeful, make it, and that's a big part where now, um, as I continue to expand to the brand is working on the brand education. I'm honestly probably doing some of the most content that I've ever done. And that's the things that start building me in for that. And the thing is to, to the exact point where superhuman naming has become a massive thing. It's cohesive with the brand. Okay. How do we carry that over, but also have it make a family of products who have it make sense. Which pre-workout is right for me? You know, this sounds familiar. You know, a lot of similar brands yeah. have multiple offerings. And that's a key. Okay, hey, if your daily driver, for example, however break this down, is a superhuman pre. Everything you need in a pre-workout will be delivered in this product. The superhuman extreme, that's for somebody looking for that extra stim hit, those extra bells and whistles, you know, the performance, the chassis of the car stays the same. But hey, I want that extra hard-hitting stim, stim component of it. And boom. 
Supreme is going to go by the wayside for a bit, you know, is so close to extreme. Okay, we're going to chill on this for a bit. But then we have the revamped Burn, which has been amazingly successful in its own right. And honestly, that turned out to be one of my favorite products as of late that I've been using. Like I'm really enjoying the Mito Burn aspect of the sweat aspect of it. The new version slaps, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited for it. And then, of course, you have the offering of the Spore we just added and then the Stim Free, the Pump. So that, that's kind of have your, hey, pre-workout, pre-extreme, or uh, your burn. You have the pump. You can stack with any of them. And then now you have the versatile as a standalone or stackable with a sport. So it kind of has like those different silos is how we've kind of gone about that. I think no, it's like, in my opinion, like just, yeah, I, I get excited looking at this sport because I, I know that no, this is, it's going to feel good that, you know, sometimes mm. like if you look at it, some people just want to feel good. And this is kind of that product. Once in a while, I will grab a pre-workout, not necessarily for workout, but like as an energy drink, I don't, I'm not, mm. I'm drinking one now. I don't really love energy drinks. I would rather take a scoop of powder. It's got something, um, something like a rhodiola in it. So like this, yeah, this definitely excites me. Uh, I, I think, I personally think you've hit the gradient pretty well. I'm, I'm curious about how the superhuman burn goes and And I think you did, um, or I guess Jordan and the team did incredible with the flavors because you got to work with and around and with the spice, you know, you can't really, I don't think you can try to like bite it too much. And um, the, the original batch of superhuman burns did, I think fantastically well with the, the calorie burn with that grains of paradise extract that, um, that yeah it gets you going so uh, yeah kind of kind of curious to see how the new versions play out there are you are you involved in any of the flavoring um when i first came in i just didn't have the bandwidth we continue to do it at the command they've done a great job working with them and how i've been here so far i've been directly overseeing that i work with them saying hey this is what i need and then if i get the first samples of it if we were working from my house i have like more sample containers in my house now than i've known what to do with i'm finding them like in the freaking microwave at this point i'm like oh shit so it's interesting, but now actually um, I have an R&D trip. I'm super pumped to have more bandwidth and time. Now I've got the foundation laid. I'm going out to the flavor lab. I'm working there for three days, gloves on. I'm excited to get back in like the lab setting after I've been away. You know, one, because previously I had a hiatus from releasing product due to certain constraints at a previous brand because we had to maintain the current inventory. But now we get to expand to that new territory of new flavors. We do the proof out of the month here. And being more in hands-on involved is great, you know. Yeah, um, have you met the guys on the team physically? Like I know that I'm not. <laughs> you're, you're, geogra- you're geographically dispersed throughout the lands. It is. Okay. That's one of the question we get though. Is like, oh, or, did you have to move? Did you have to relocate? We're like, we're, oh, hey, Drew, I'd love to come come down to Florida. I'd love to see your new office. I'm like, well, my new office is my house. Um, none of us are here. This is weird because we are completely remote. And even though we're remote, this is one organized teams that we worked with, which is awesome the thing that patel gave it to it's all or none what i found is working in office is great um you have a team there collaboratively if you have people out of office it gets kind of messy because then some people are on the same page on the flip side if everybody's remote but all are integrated in things like slack um we use predominantly or um things like that it's like it works really well so either a you're all in office or you're all remote it's when you have that hybrid one it gets kind of weird that's just my perspective has been so far it's been refreshing for how organizings are i will not disagree with that yeah i I was gonna say in terms of like fully remote companies that i think we deal with i I, honestly i think alpha lion is the most successful of the bunch that that i could think of in my head most of them are office-based but yeah i I agree like i I gotta have a buddy who um he was 
working remotely 2020, 2021. And uh, he didn't want to make the drive was really part of the thing. And this was not supplement industry related, but he kind of like missed those hallway meetings and he missed, he kind of, you know, he got worked around and eventually like fell out of the company. And it was, uh, it's a shame, but you, you either gotta, you gotta be there if everyone's going to be there. But at the same time, if you're all remote, then I guess everyone's got to just yeah, click yeah. on the uh, Asana test or the Slack page or whatever you're, uh, you know, working through. I yeah, think those I hallway think. meetings are important, unfortunately, yeah. you yeah. know, and I, but I think that like, like, at least in my experience, that, that flavor trip, that's going to, that's going to kind of substitute that, you know, those three hardcore days in a row of just being in Absolutely. the lab, going back and forth. And that will be fun. Um, Troy is going to come down from Vegas and join me on uh, the second half of it. Uh, we're going to do, you know, once again, do some content around that, you know, Hey, bring the science guy here. We're going to flavor stuff, but also give you, give like the people like, Hey, a behind the scenes thing. And how's the flavor process work? What is like a flavor lab kind of look like? How do we go through the R and D process? What kind are we looking for? What are the different dynamics that go into flavoring, you know, sweetness, acid levels, uh, masking the base, the flavor, like, you know, those little minute things, I think it'd be kind of cool to have people see behind the veil. Then of course, you know, have some, um, also too, you know, from my perspective, it's exciting to kind of, you know, show a lot of people get to see that you guys have, I know Ben had previous experience and probably Mike as well. Like how does the flavor development actually work? It isn't just a matter of like, you know, throwing random things in a shake, in a, in a beaker and mixing it up. Right. It's like, okay, Hey, you know, we start with the base, add the component by component, kind of walk through it, you know, but also to see, have Troy get a chance to kind of see that behind the scenes thing. That'd be kind of cool to um, collaborate with, you know? So we are very excited for that as well. Plus we're working on, a few new exciting skews from scratch that I'm very, ah, man, that's the problem with this podcast is it's early. So I can't spill some of these things, but I have, we have a massive 2022 um, lined up with a lot of new things and new categories. Let's put it that way. No, we could definitely do it again. Uh, are you bringing a videographer? Like how's that? How's the content yes. going to work out? Yep. Uh, Troy's going to handle that in terms of getting the, uh, the video guy down there. So we'll definitely have some, some good content with that. Awesome. I think it's kind of cool. You're becoming this proper bench press. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're become. I like that. You're like the science guy. Like it's because, because Drew's, I mean, uh, Troy's very relatable to a normal consumer. I think, you know, like he might be more educated in terms of, uh, you know, training and stuff, but like, I think he's very relatable. So when he refers to you as the science guy, it's very kind of funny because I consider you to be relatable to the normal consumer. So it's just like funny how there's like levels to it in terms of, yeah, yeah who's, who's, who's there. Yeah. I think um, it'll work out well. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I, yeah. Excited to see those videos. Uh, I'm, I'm my own personality. I mean, it's some, it's, it's interesting because like you guys, well, Mike, not as much that hasn't interacted with you, but I've known Ben for years and like, on occasion, I'm funny, you know, and people that know me more well, like, dude, this guy's fucking hilarious. Like, you don't expect me to be like a dry ass, like scientist. Oh, the science guy. Then they see me like, okay, wait, that that's the science guy. The guy that's has a hundred hours of ink and a meathead and the piercings and shit. That's them hear me talk like, okay, I did not expect that at all, but you, sir, are entertaining. Put that way, the people love go to dinners on that because I, for hey, it's a dear podcast. I don't give a fuck. You know, I keep things lively, I keep things entertaining, right? Because it doesn't matter how smart you are, how much you know, if you can't convey your messaging in a simple way that everybody can understand, you know, it's just, it's, that's the gift I have is I'm able to explain complicated things simply and make it relatable. And that's what makes it fun because what's good with all the knowledge you have, if you can't share it with other people, you know? So I think that'll be actually a very fun thing to your point. 
Troy has his own style, like the goofy, like the the Jimbro thing, but he's also very intelligent. I think that could be a very cool um, synergy. We're actually planning out, you know, like the science and bro science, the yin yang, and go through some videos and talk about stuff. We already have working on kind of how we want to do some of these fun videos. So I love it. Be a good time. Yeah, you got you got the glasses too. So See? you got that. Are you going to be wearing a lab coat? <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I get it's funny because I always should wear a lab coat. I'm like, I know, but bro, I'm not gonna put on this shit just to make it like look. I mean, typically I'm formulating in like a t-shirt and you know, shorts, bro. I mean, you see Ben see an expos on the guy at supply side wearing a polo and like athletic shorts and Nikes, and everybody's like, Are you supposed to be here? Are you an athlete? I'm like, no. What? That was the best part of the first supply side together is you and I both showed up in polo and gym shorts and no one, be- <laughs> no one believed what we were. No, like no one, no one believed us when we introduced ourselves. It was super funny. Uh, I, th- I think too many people wear the lab coats in the, in the, in the content. I it just, maybe it's a controversial opinion from my side, but like, we all know you don't have to wear that. You know, like we've all seen Joey Savage, like wear whatever he wants in his lab, you know, unless you're like actually in a clean room, like, Exactly. If it's in the manufacturing side, that's yes. completely, let me very clear people listening. It's a very different story. If you're walking through a manufacturing facility, you have to have things buttoned up. Your hair net, in our case, a beard cover, lab coat, um, the, the sterile boots. That's a different ball game versus even in the lab, more chill, relaxed settings on like a flavor lab, something off site where it's just for something you personally to test to consume. It's not a big deal. It just depends the setting. You don't always have to wear a lab coat and glasses. And, you know, as people ask me, oh, uh, so I swear to people legit ask me, like, wait, you work from home. Like, what do you do for your lab now? I'm like, you realize that most of what I do isn't isn't always in the lab. A lot of it's spreadsheet based and database based. Like, I don't have to be in a lab 247. I'm not like a 247 chemist. But hey, if, they, if that's what they picture me as, is, you know, Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory, by all means. So where do you mix your stuff up if you are mixing things in the house? Right now, I just I just rely on the co-man. Say, hey, I need X, Y, and Z. Go ahead and mix this up in the lab for me and send it out. If it's an emergency, have it overnighted. If I have the luxury of you know working in the lab, which at a previous year in ProSups, we actually had a lab in the office, which was great. I can make Ben samples, things like that. But for right now, it, for what we're working on, it works just by having, hey, mix this up, send it out. Here's my revisions. Let's knock it out and then adjust as needed, you know, with the percentages. Perfect. So what can we talk about in terms of formula changes? Because we've we've introduced uh, Scorch and Sport, uh, but you've kind of teased us pretty hard on the next V2 of uh, Superhuman. And Superhuman is definitely what most people are excited about here because like they've been taking it for so long. I, I don't think you're going to be drastically shocked, but I think I'll put it this way. Like it's not a massive overhaul, but it's enough things where it's going to be noticeable. Like, Hey, I, I like where this went, but at the same time, the person that currently buys it, isn't going to look at it like, wait, what the hell is this? This isn't mm-hmm. what I'm buying. It's very recognizable, but there are a few component switches just from uh, the stimulatory source of it, you know, maybe focusing less on just the whole stim load, but also the, oh, let's put it this way. I'll, I'll leave it vague, but kind of direct. When it comes to caffeine, okay, hey, how do we get it so it's going to have a nice effect both now as well as sustained, maybe mm-hmm. emphasis on a sustained release system, um, something that we have been in development with a couple of groups for a while there. Um, another pathway for supporting that caffeine efficacy um, in terms of how it feels, 
um, keeping in the nuts and bolts of, you know, if we are keeping citrulline in the product, um, mainly because that was actually initial battle. And this year I'm like, yep, that's going to go by the wayside, we're putting nitrogen. And after discussion, it was like, okay, hey, for these, we'll probably leave them, but then we can save that for another down the road skew. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm fine with that. You know, as long as I have, you know, the ability to work on a few other things that will work in this thing, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, so I'm not going to like, you know, say, oh, this doesn't work. It does, right? But, you know, that, that's a, that, the nitrogen and citrulline battle is kind of the ongoing thing. Like, hey, it's cool. It has a job. It has science behind it. Fine. That's fine. Sure. Um, so I'm cool with so, it. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask basically the caffeine number because I figured you'd be able to share that. It sounds like mm -hmm. so in su superhuman sport, you do have this calf extend natural time yeah. release caffeine. Um, and you have kind of a three to one ratio of anhydrous to that. So uh, can you talk about it? Sounds like are you maybe going to use calf extend or like, can you explain why it's in sport versus like a dicaffeine melate or a zoom XR? Like, have you kind of compared all these different extended yes. release caffeine sources? Can you give us a mini rundown on that since you brought it up? Yeah, actually we'll start with the sport. The reason that it, the um, other three skews, the pre, the extreme, the burn are going to have a different technology per se, in terms of the time release and sustained release, all those type of things of caffeine. That one will be consistent across the board. The idea behind it is do some branding that has something we kind of like will be flagship for us in terms of an energy system that we've put together that we're going to run with and use across our SKUs because it does have some cool efficacy and data behind it. The sport, if you if you notice for other ones, this one is color free and this one just kind of inherently became kind of a different bird animal bird whatever you want to put it um whereas hey let's do like the natural time release caffeine it was a cool place to try this and put it in there like along that same mindset hey not an overload of caffeine eat your mix so that's kind of where i ended up doing that one versus something like the zoom xr or a die caffeine malate so on and so forth and that's kind of how we arrived at that in the pre the extreme the burn uh that will be um a combination of course the immediate release as well as sustained you'll see exactly what that is it's not a massive secret in terms of what it is, but it, it will be something very intriguing. The total caffeine loads are nothing outrageous. Um, 300 in the pre, 350 in the extreme, plus other stimulatory components. And then in the burn, we'll still maintain at 300 milligrams. Nothing outrageous. I just, it gets to a point, it's like, okay, like what's the point of diminishing returns? You start seeing things with 400 milligrams caffeine, 450, some... <laughs> Neighbors down the road for me with 750 milligrams of caffeine, if that's actually what's in the product. Oh my guys, like what, what, what are we doing here? But that's kind of where the direction took that. So cool. Okay. So one of the uh, ongoing debates in the industry is naturally sourced caffeine. Can mm -hmm. you, do you have an opinion? Can you feel the difference? Do you have a belief one way or the other? Are you, have you gone down the synthetic caffeine rabbit hole or any of that stuff? It's interesting. I want to say that Ben and I talked about this not long ago. I had pressure actually in the last couple of weeks. And yeah, but, yeah, that's why one I, thing I, I feel I was, like I may have ruined this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I feel you and I talked about it very briefly, like not long ago. I think yeah, not long um, ago. Where personally it's interesting because I personally have noticed, like um, for something like Innova tea or other some of these other natural <laughs> time release caffeines, is that um, in theory behind it is, oh, because of like the caffeine content along with some of the natural occurring compounds in it, it kind of offsets the jitters and anxiety and per se that ceiling you get with something that's synthetically made like caffeine and hydrous. Mm -hmm. Anecdotally, once again, from how I personally feel, I feel really good on something like say a C4 smart energy with 200 milligrams of caffeine compared to like, say, an equivalent amount of 200 milligrams of caffeine of caffeine and hydrous from another product, which is something I've noticed 
it's very interesting to me. And the reason behind that, um, now I remember the notes I had on this, you know, so the natural, it wasn't theanine. It was another compound trip of how it's metabolized and offsetting the metabolism of the caffeine. I think that it's something interesting to investigate. And I think once again, it's a matter of, hey, is it where there's a difference from the science perspective where you just want to be an organically fat hippie per se, you know, like, oh, I only use, you know, naturally occurring agave in my, my things, well, still sugar, right? Is it something from personal perspective or personal preference or is there actual science behind it? But I haven't, once again, seen anything definitive from a science perspective between anhydrous or say a natural caffeine. Right, definitely. I um. Yeah, I think a lot of it's anecdotal, which is why it gets to be a little bit controversial. Yeah. One thing I've been wanting to chase down, there's a Joe Rogan episode, I could pull it up, but um, he had a guy on who kind of went down the, the rabbit hole of how a lot of this caffeine and hydrous is sourced or created and synthesized. And a lot of it was traditionally made from like the leftover tea leaves and um, from when they decaffeinate coffee or whatever, but there's simply not enough of that product, that naturally sourced product to actually go into all the caffeine that we drink in all these different you know, energy drinks and pre-workouts, et cetera, et sodas and et cetera. And so um, what he was kind of claiming was that a lot of the caffeine and hydrous is actually synthesized uh, from like natural gas as part of like one of the, one of the beginning constituents. And I, I don't know, I, I would like to get more source on that because I don't want to claim anything, but it did sound like kind of disgusting. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay drinking some chemicals. I'm kind of doing it now, even though what I'm drinking right now is naturally sourced caffeine. But anyway, it's like, um, I can understand why some of the naturalists or some of the brands that lean towards the natural or like a product, like a superhuman sport, you're going to want to have something that has some of those natural constituents alongside to, um, you know, the natural cofactors. So I, I, I see both sides, but I, yeah, I definitely would like to go further down that rabbit hole someday. I feel like as a formulator, and this is kind of, I don't know. This is a bit controversial to say, but like you have to put things in these products for people to be feel happy about and be happy for, even if you don't agree with them, like putting creatine in your pre-workout. I don't think you should put creatine in your pre-workout, but you know, it'll sell better if you do. And if you can afford it, if if it's within the budget, you know that a lot of people are going to appreciate that. And I feel that's how I feel about like natural ingredients. Like personally, I don't care if my BCAs come from human hair in China. I don't care at all because the molecules are exactly the same, right? Leucine is leucine. But it's pretty disgusting. Like, like, admittedly, it's pretty disgusting. And so, I, to go a little bit further on Mike's story, like the whole natural gas caffeine, uh, it, it was even it was from Monsanto. And and Drew, you know, like any the second you mention Monsanto, it's like these guys make glyphosate, and it's just it's, you know it, it's just this whole downhill conversation of what we're about. Like, it's just it. No one wants anything from that company, but the fact is, caffeine and hydrous is caffeine and hydrous, and if it's pure ca- as so long as it's pure, one hundred percent caffeine and hydrous, you can't tell the difference where it comes from. Well, yeah, it's not. It's never one hundred percent though. It's usually ninety nine point X or ninety eight or whatever. It was episode seventeen twenty two of the Joe Rogan Experience, Ohio State University historian Bartow El- Bartow Elmore, B A R T O W. So, um. Yeah, around the 18 minute, 30 second timestamp. We wrote about this in a pure calf article. I yeah, I I, I think it's it's worth investigating more. Oh, definitely. Uh, but Ben, you Ben, you said that you know if you put creatine in a pre-workout, it's gonna sell more. Are you sure about that? Like I, I don't know. I I not maybe. I don't know. But with po- point point being that like these consumers are going to like feel happier about it. You know, like yeah. like like the like you might not agree with them. 
But like, like for instance, a couple years ago, we were working with a brand helping with formula and, and the owner said, we have to put beta alanine in the pre-workout. And I was like, you don't have to put beta alanine in the pre-workout. He's like, yeah, but everyone wants beta alanine in the pre-workout. And that, that's a fine thing to acknowledge, but you don't have to do anything, right? It's it, it, Sometimes you kind of have to like put stuff in the product to make those folks happy. Like using a natural caffeine, it could have absolutely no benefit, but if those people are happier with that, then, that, then that's a fine thing to do. We're only putting eight grams of citrulline in a pre-workout. Or 10 or 12. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Not knocking citrulline, but these days it's like, my the question I ask people, like, I, once you, I have no problem with the ingredient. It works. It works. It's a great ingredient. But the thing is, everybody has got the pitchforks and they see something and it doesn't have a max X amount of citrulline. Like, oh, hold on. My question is, is, are you upset or are you calling this out because you truly believe and have read the data and really support a decision or is it because that's what everybody else is doing and somebody told you that's what you need and that's a problem with anything um i'll step back there one interesting thing i've noticed too to your point of like the how the caffeine hydras you know that was kind of gross to the the you know the duck feathers and human hair for bcaa's one thing interestingly that's like been blowing my mind is that um especially not so much but like on the natural space for example people um this is man mind you like you know the everybody even it's alarming how people with phds and doctorates and things like that are just putting out bullshit information like scare tactic bullshit information like did you know like i swear to god like somebody like did this video breakdown on soda like diet soda and there's a these are a dime a dozen but he went out of his way saying things like do you know why they put caffeine in product to make you addicted to it he'll drink more of their soda i'm like Okay, but then they went on a rabbit hole saying, this is horrible for you, citric acid. You should never drink anything with citric acid in it. It grows on black mold. I'm like, okay. And then the next thing you know is coming is, oh, this is a chemical, this is a chemical. I'm like, hey, you know that water's a fucking chemical, H2O? Are you not gonna drink that? Like, if you wanna mess with people, like, you know what? It's poisonous, it's everywhere. The conspiracy is there's dihydrogen monoxide that's around us every day. I they say scary ass words, you know, people get up in arms versus like, okay, hey, understand like, you know, certain things come from gross places. Mushrooms are a fungus, you know, right? Um, certain things come from fermentation. Like, how do you think cheese is made? You're basically spoiling milk into different enzymes, right? And, and causing it to grow, you know, like, just because mm-hmm. something sounds gross, it's like, you, no, Billy knows behind it. They're like, I'm getting morbid here, man. But do you most do you think a lot of people would still want to have like a steak if they actually walk through a slaughterhouse? Absolutely not. You know, people just don't think consciously of you know where things come from. So like they have somebody sensationalize something like, did you know this comes from black mold or did you know this comes from human hair? You know, I'm like, yeah, okay. I remember one size one time specifically, and I can say this, I won't get in trouble, and it's okay because it's not being what's the word for it? Um, Visesis, the this the sparging, right? One time I was, uh, I was eating cream of rice when I worked at VPX Bang, okay? And okay. Jack comes in. And, I'm, yes, you know, it's going to be a great story, Jack. And he had a – I'll have two things to share. One, because it was make your song up for your podcast. Um, I'm sitting there eating cream of rice, you know, the, the afternoon, the, the Uncle Ben's cream of rice, whatever, chilling on my – Uncle Ben's or whatever brand that was, the orange box. And he's like, yeah, getting all those uh, GMOs in. I'm like – no, man, that's where I got my superpowers, you know, all this genetically modified rice here. But he had this huge thing about against GMOs. But my bro, that's why I want it, man. Does it get the bonus material, like the, the, the superpowers from it? Like, what the hell? But anyway, like, once you get just to GMOs and a cream of rice, I was like, okay, I'm just going to own the comment. 
Jared, best thing the guy ever said, aside from being the, the, the crazy evil genius that made a billion dollar energy brand. When I came in and I did the interview years and years and years ago, he, he said, okay, yeah, we're taking care of this, this, and this. And uh, you say, like, pass your drug tests. I look at him like, there's an androgen limit. And he's laughing and sore. Just kidding. And walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> but that was, that was the key. The best thing he ever said. He's like, yeah, I just got, you know, pending your drug test. You'll be fine. There's an Andrew limit. That's just hilarious. kidding. Slaps down the shoulder and just walks away. I'm like, okay. Nice. But yeah. Yeah. I guess if there's a, a one benefit from the last couple of years, it's that we can pretty much disregard anything these PhD level people have said um, regarding nutrition and health. And, uh, you know, I'm at the point now where like doctors, PhDs, all these, uh, think tank people are basically guilty until proven innocent. So that's, that's where I'm at when it comes to, you know, their, uh, yeah. Dihydrogen, <laughs> dihydrogen oxide, dihydrogen monoxide, monoxide, Mono monoxide yeah. is well, a chemical. Yes. To be fair, there's only one person in this industry with a PhD. <laughs> we all, and, and that, I don't know if that, well, so he claims, I mean, <laughs> he's revolutionizing things where I've never seen somebody get so happy about, you know, clinically removing the, the other letters from a word, make it innovative and adding 500 milligrams per ingredient and calling it novel. But hey, what do I know? Hey, can I ask you back to the topic of superhuman? <laughs> is, uh, is the theanine still going to be living in about six months? No. Or Took it out back and shot it in the head twice. <laughs> Just ben to make no sure. No fan of the theanine. There will be no theanine. No theanine to be seen. I don't actually. I mean, I've, to be one hundred percent fair, I don't have really that big of a problem with theanine. But you guys use a, a, a fairly large dose of theanine, mm -hmm. which I um, understand the supreme um, because that's a fairly heavy hitting product. But uh, I don't think I've used regular superhuman pre in this version I'm looking at right now. Um, and, and 350 milligrams of theanine is a lot versus like a, a normal, well, it's, uh, it's 375 milligrams of caffeine actually. So with another hundred milligrams of theobromine, this actually might be fine ratio, but I, but knowing you was really what I was asking. <laughs> yeah. There's no theanine and for those, for those listening casually at home, it's just, it's interesting because like the main reason people do that, they just want to offset that massive amount of caffeine, prevent the jitters and, and the crash is like the cheap man's version of adding in that little smidgen of teacrine that kind of offsets a sedative effect, you know. That's yeah. the thing. I think you and I talked about this, and once again, we bring up all fun topics. Is like people like teacrine to me, like is a horrible, shitty stimulant. It doesn't stimulate at all. To me, the benefit coming from it is pairing it with caffeine. It works beautifully paired with caffeine and extension of that to prevent the crash, keep it from hitting that per se ceiling. But as take it by itself, like man, you're not gonna feel much from it unless you go really high and even in that case then it's not like everybody would have necessarily talked with the beat great ingredient but not from the stimulatory standpoint and i know that i'm getting some text from compound solutions after that i love you guys but you know damn well we've talked about this and it's still a great ingredient but it is what it is uh, what yeah, when it comes to ben and i talking about pre-workouts and certain phds and everything i actually am a, a fan of dynamine the most but i'm cool with mm -hmm. caffeine dynamine teacrine combo quite a lot yes. um I, yeah, I'll take dynamine pretty much any time of the day. So that's, that's been just an ingredient that, that just, it does me well dynamine, um, with the rodeo prime, like that kind of a little bit of something, something extra on top of the caffeine. So I don't need to go bomb out on caffeine that, so that's kind of where I like to sit, but everyone's different. Um, teeth green. I could, I could do either. I can go either way. My understanding is that there's like a bell curve with body weight for tea green. Um, you know, I've used a lot of their like pre uh, blended capsules 
and felt good. Um, I don't think I've ever used tea cream on its own and felt anything significant from it. I've heard people using it as a sleep aid on its own. <laughs> it um, seems to like potentiate other things with it. Like I don't, I, the most I've taken was 200 milligrams and um, it wasn't for me. I've was, always enjoyed it in blends. I've like, <laughs> I, like, like, I, like, yeah, like I've always enjoyed it in a blend on its own. I didn't get the same, like, what was it like 2017 everyone wanted tea cream like I, I always make this joke like i'd go to the gym and there'd be like guys that have no clue what any amino acid is but they knew they wanted tea cream and i give combat a lot of a lot of credit for being able to garner that respect yeah it's like the closest you can get to household name uh, you know in this industry but like i it sizzled out really quickly and i i really like it in blends like this is what i've come to understand yeah, I mean, a lot of this is timing too. You got to realize that we were at this junction after like the post DMAA apocalypse mm. and DMHA. Everyone pretty much knew this thing was not going to be around for a long time. Not, not going to make it. And so it's, um, and so teacrine was right there at the right time and everything. Although I think, obviously, the flavoring was tough. I think mm. it, things would have gone better if they, if Dynamine had come out first. But again, flavoring was was brutal on those, and it took a long time for flavor houses to like kind of figure it out. Um, yeah. Props yeah. to to Drew. Pro, Drew was kind of who turned me on to the higher caffeine, lower dynamine dosage uh, with Icon. I think yeah, Icon just yeah. nineteen. We were actually the first in that case to launch um, dynamine into main markets with GNC and Vitamin Shop. And at that point, GNC almost didn't take the product because they to them they didn't have the official grass test they needed. We came to the crossroads A. Okay, Vitamin Shop is getting it. They're going to be first. First of dynamine is going to be in there. Launching a direct D to C, maybe to die by its exclusive. Okay, are we not going to sell GNC or make it a separate product, or are they just going to have to wait to get it? Because like we had to stand our ground. Like, hey, we're not changing our formulation. This is what we came out with. So we want to do, and it finally got in. But yeah, it was uh, it was a battle for a while there. An icon. That's a testament to the size of ProSubs that they were able to throw their weight at GNC, yeah. um, at least at that at that point, because um, they were they were tough on Dynamy for a while, even after that. Uh, for a while so and they still have a relatively low cap on it too like um uh in yeah there we go a little bit of a spoiler there so i'm getting these um submitted in terms of review you know hey you know oh this x amount limit I'm like no 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 the, the yield is actually under your allowable limit for diatomine we're fine so in that case you know they do have like a pretty strong stronger on it it's interesting too like some of the things you wouldn't think that they'd cap or they'd care about like they are very strict on like they have an upper limit for Hooperzine, which is an interesting one there too. Um, their their caffeine limit is cut at three fifty, which is I, I think you know a good middle of the road number, you know. Um, but yeah, it's interesting always with some of their compliance things. Amazon's a whole other animal in terms of compliance as well, but that's another day. Well, GNC, I, I appreciate even if I don't agree with them on Sinephrine or Dynamine or they they drag their heels on on. Uh, <laughs> Ibeba for so long yep. uh but i respect the intra-industry regulation like i like like either way e like if i agree or not with their actual decisions i appreciate that there is someone that has realized they are large enough that they can invest time and money into deciding what is safe for our consumers because they're big enough that they can in some ways filter the majority of the brands in the industry and make sure they're using safe dosages they do, you know, they, from their standpoint, they're liable for it. If it's sitting on their shelf, coming from them, they're a big target. So they have to be mindful of all that. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you don't like it, go to the mom and pop. Like it's, yeah. I don't think it should be a debate. The, the, the big boys need to act like it. So they do a great job of that. Um, and it might take longer, but if the, the ingredient suppliers or the brands are really, really serious and they want to fight for their product, they want to fight for their ingredient ingredient, then they will do the work to make it happen. And, um, as far as I know with like Beba, for instance, that is gonna, that is happening and yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a fast process. It is what it is. So, um, no, you, someone's got to, some, once in a while, you need to have some adults in the room because as we know, and this has obviously changed over the last couple of years, but you know, historically speaking, there has been a low barrier to entry in the, in the industry. So a company like GNC has got to be careful just because someone's got a 8 billion TikTok followers doesn't mean that this is going to be a compliant formula that's made in a, you know, in a really high end facility. So you know, I, I give them credit for doing that. Um, I don't know what else you guys want to talk about. We, we mentioned Superhuman Scorch, but we haven't like listed the formula or anything. So I want to drill into that and ask Drew about his thoughts on GBV. Personally, I, I'm not sure what you've ever said about it, but um, it's this is a liquid L-carnitine formula, two grams of carnitine, basically the clinical dose in like nearly every study, and then 500 milligrams of mitoburn Albeba from NMB Nutrition. 25 milligrams of the GBB, the pro-carnitine precursor that makes you sweat. And um, then 10 milligrams of calorie burn GP, another ingredient, grains of paradise extract from NMB Nutrition. Drew, what do you um, what do you think about GBB? I'm a big fan of it. I mean, if you have trouble sweating, if this is like throwing else, this will get you to sweat. Wifey's a perfect example of that. She's like, oh, I never sweat. I'm like, hey, try this. Like, what the hell is in this? I'm like, exactly. <laughs> it's a fun ingredient. You know, the exothermic ability of it is very versatile. It doesn't take a lot of it. I think it's an extra icing on the cake. There's a lot of cool um, uh, data behind it. And I, it's just something that hasn't been thoroughly vetted to like its fullest extent that deserves to be. I think it's very underrated. You know, sometimes people like, they go, oh, it's a synthetic ingredient, it's this, this, and this. I'm like, it's a, it's a precursor of carnitine in terms of carnitine by Like, why? I don't understand the apprehension behind it. I get it. People are cautious with it just because it sounds scary. You know, gamma bacteria betaine. I'm like, or I just say GBB because you probably can't ounce it anyway. But I, I'm a fan of it. I like it. Obviously, I have to believe in something to like want it to go on a product. If I, my, my rule of thumb typically is if I can't explain something or justify it, either in the ingredient or the dosage, then I don't want it to go on the product. I'd rather have a product, not an ingredient, not be in a product at all. If it's not going to be at a good dose. That's kind of yeah, how I go yeah. about that. We wrote an article, I wrote an article doing quite the deep dive on it because it started coming out and not enough people were, were like, there wasn't enough like science actually fleshed mm-hmm. out and everything. So getting the full text, um, the, the, stu- the human studies that were out there, they were giving some like astronomically large doses. And there yeah. were some people definitely dropping out of the study because they were like basically miserable. And so like they were going well above and beyond mm-hmm. any, and they didn't have necessarily side effects. This is an, this is a, a molecule that's in our bodies already. Mm-hmm. Like we already had the pathways laid out and everything. It was just <laughs> what happens if you supplement more. And I don't know what these researchers, why they were thinking what they thought, but they were given some cat, like insane doses. And mm-hmm. um, it must've just felt like crazy. Like you don't need that much to feel hot i guess my my question would be like do we really need it if we are already adding carnitine as well but if it's a carnitine supplement i guess you might as well go all in, go all in and provide everything yeah. you want to like keep it going it's an extra hand in hand thing i think it works nice and synergy extra icing on the cake it doesn't hurt at the same time it's a precursor but also like people just like how it makes them feel like honestly i love I sweat really bad anyway, but like, damn, like if I'm working, I want a cardio session. I want to have a good sweat going. This is, helps you get there faster. You know, same thing with like, um, like beta alanine. A lot of people like it. One, it works, but two people like that. Oh, I feel it. I feel my skin tingling. You know, mm-hmm. some people also hate that. 
you know, so it's that sensory effect. I think that one has efficacy, but two is that feel effect. If you're just take carnitine by itself, you're probably not going to feel much, right? Same thing you take just took L-beta by itself. You took just the um, chlorobrin GP by itself. You won't feel it, quote, as much. But if you have something to make that sweat factor go to make you feel visibly hotter, like, oh, damn, okay, man, I feel it working, right? But it's not to say it's all for smoke and mirrors. There is cool, you know, promising data for why you put it there. But I definitely am a fan of it. It works in synergy with it. I'll be really honest with you, after reading the Gorilla Chemist write-up on it, I was less bullish on it for the actual, like, fat burning, but yeah. um, 100%, I mean, like, like I've been involved in formulas where I've added in, Mike and I have been involved in formulas together where we've added it in, we, we still love it, but for a very acute response, people want yeah. to sweat, and if you are use, making a product that has to do with cardio, fat burning, whatever, so long as these people know they're going to be sweating, I think it totally makes sense. Like, if you are... At my, Drew, if you actually worked in a lab where you had to wear a lab coat all day and, and like a beard and a lot, I would not recommend you take GBB before the start of your day. You know, like I'll tell you one thing. One, I made um, a very fun product in the lab for myself because one, it would be outrageously expensive. I'm like, it was like eighteen dollars in cogs just for the raw materials. I calculated that eh, for fuck of it. Just my own personal goodie bag when I was in a contest prep back in 2018 and. It was awesome, but the problem is it was almost too good because I made it. <clears throat> I had a few people try this too, and like, what the hell is in this? I'm like, don't worry about it. It was legal, 100%. You just, you just couldn't sell it because nobody would buy it. It'd be like $100 retail. Anyway, I made this thing. I went next door. Um, this is in Dallas. So I went over to Old Cowboy Fit there. It's kind of across the way. I did my morning cardio. I was drenched, 40 minutes of cardio, nothing crazy, stair climber, cool. Showered. Still kind of like warm from a cardio session. I went next door. I got to my desk and I'm still kind of hot. I'm still like, you know, kind of perspiring a little bit. It just kept going. I couldn't stop sweating. I got a little bit um, visions of grandeur per se with the color, with the GBB amounts. And I kept sweating and it started getting worse. So at one point I'd sweated through three shirts. I was in this cold sweat. It was the most uncomfortable, annoying thing ever. Like I felt like I needed a fan that was a heater because I was freezing because I was a cold sweat and I just kept sweating through shirt because I was like with a paper towel, like wiping down my arms, wiping my face. Like it was, I, it was, it was that's the weirdest sensation ever. So you do have that fine tipping point, the fine line of how much you be too much. And that was a perfect example of why it worked. But at the same time, I wouldn't take it to your point and go sit next door, especially after you've had your heart rate elevated and got the blood flow going. Cause it does not stop. It does not give a fuck. It is. It just keeps going. <laughs> I want to see Drew in a mask with fogging up those goggles or those headglasses. <laughs> no, so, um, okay, so you're sweating like that much. What do you do as Mr. Drew to uh, replace the water and electrolytes? Do you have, do you have a certain preference regarding the sodium, potassium, all that kind of stuff? Well, honestly, most of my mineral intake is addressed. Anyway, I have adequate salt in my diet. I'm not afraid of it by any means. You know, I use sea salt and just good seasonings throughout the day. If I'm feeling like particularly like depleted or having issues, we do have like, for example, our super human hydration that has the um, tracks minerals, like the calcium K, all the good stuff. Or in general, I'm a big fan of body armor light. Um, it rocks, you know, it's not a ton of sugar. It tastes good, especially like... The thing that drives me nuts, everybody, like, they get this mindset, all these hydration products, like, even Gatorade, it's just this massive load of salt. I'm like, okay, it's not addressing everything. I'm, I'm a big more fan of potassium and magnesium. Actually, it's an ingenious product that's very criminally underrated in terms of the potassium balance and magnesium compared to the salt ratio. So, in that case, if I'm really dehydrated, um, I go around, like, Body Armor Light or, like, a superhuman hydration that I have on hand. I have it on my desk, actually, <laughs> speaking of which. Yeah, I'm 
That's Mike and I have been getting more into the hydration products recently. I, I mean, I, I'll give a, a shameless plug for someone else here. Uh, Ghost Hydration was uh, I, I actually really kind of. I, mean, I I don't think that they have light uh, formulas, but for people who think that Ghost is light formulas, I thought it was a surprising formula. Just the, the potassium and the magnesium uh, portions of it, you don't see a lot of hydration formulas that have that extra there. To your point on the potassium specifically. Um, and so in general, recently I've been getting really into these electrolyte products and it's really kind of funny cause I've stopped using any pump stuff and I just start drinking electrolytes like an hour before I train and I get these great pumps and it's so funny. I know I'm the king of saying online, like I can get a pump without a pump product. It's been a thing that I've pushed for a while, but like it really shows how simple it is to get a pump by just using electrolytes. Well, I'm on body armor's website. I got a drinkbodyarmor.com look at the light it's spelled l-y-t-e um their nutrition facts label is jacked up this is not right but they're okay so magnesium they're using magnesium oxide magnesium is not listed in the percent daily value area so um not sure their webmaster messed that up but i, I see potassium is at uh, 530 milligrams, 10%. Sodium's at 30 milligrams, 1%. So being someone who likes potassium, I like a little bit more potassium than sodium. I think we can get, it's easy to get sodium. It's not so easy to get potassium. I, I, I agree with you. I like it this, um, from what I'm seeing, at least I am not a fan of magnesium oxide or the fact that their website doesn't show it. Um, but, but overall, yeah, I'm with you. The, give me some potassium. I'm looking at one with 700 milligrams of potassium. Well, how does that not yeah, make you poop? A label off samsclub.com. I got to find a good label. Amazon. Magnesium, 8%. Okay, so yeah, this label. Uh, well, anyway. Oh, this is no oh, magnesium, 8%. That's his regular body armor. Okay, well, anyway, that's interesting. I'll, I'll have to look into that. Um, is hydration changing at all, or are you keeping that there, Drew? What happened? I can't hear. I think he's a mute. Oh. I muted for a second. The the their German Shepherds on the rampage. Um, that one actually is gonna very light um makeup, and that will simply be we are switching to a natural sweetener, and that's not Stevia. Cool. I, 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 I love this formula. So uh, sodium chloride, uh tracks magnesium, uh aquamin. We all love aquamin, potassium citrate, calci K, a uh, whole gram of taurine, 50 milligrams of synactive. Well, I mean, what's not to love here, you know? Yeah, that's what take some more this was here when I came on board. You see, hey, just while we're looking at the refresh of all the, we're busy, we're doing, I'm doing a forensic analysis of all the products, you know, skew rationalization, where the products stand for the formulation and to credit my brothers, there's not much here to change. He's all about hydration. Do you like how it stands for a science spectrum? I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. I'm not a fan of like this giant salt block. This is great. This is something I would drink and I do drink. I'm like, hey, this is awesome. Um, so it is getting a natural um, angle on the sweetener versus the sucralose, which is great. And yeah, it's just a, the same aside from that, adding a new flavor I'm excited for. Speaking of which, yeah. interesting side tangent. You know, I don't understand, and I've seen this a few times lately, and it makes no sense to me, is why brands, when they go about sweetening things, I've seen this three, three places. They put both sucralose as well as stevia in the sweetener system. I'm like, why would you do that? Because the whole point usually when you're using stevia is to avoid using artificial sweeteners, correct? So why Sometimes would you that's not enough. Because I yeah. think that I personally do not like stevia. I think if I have the option to use sucralose or ASK, I'm going to go that all day. I'm not going to use stevia. Like, I just am not a fan of it. But if why I had you... the option to kill stevia, like literally take it out back, I would. 
Like, I hate it's it. Like, it's like Mary Fuck Kill with like uh, our natural sweeteners. Or yeah. <laughs> monk fruit. I'd keep monk sure. fruit. I'd marry sucralose and I'd kill stevia. Like, I'd kill it twice. Yeah. I, I think you were talking about natural sweeteners. Oh. Yeah. You, you use sucralose. I'm marrying, monk fruit, right? I'm marrying uh, monk fruit. And then what's the other one? Erythritol. Erythritol. Yeah. Also, there is a common erythritol, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, and it's just from birch. Wasn't stevia? Isn't stevia like the most recent uh, like clickbait uh, study on it being unsafe? Like, wasn't there something that came out like late last year on stevia being terrible for people now? Like, it's just a revolving door. I, I, that's the, the point of my joke is that all of them eventually get one of these. And I'm going down that rabbit hole. I think that drives me nuts too about when you see things, oh, sweetened natural with monk fruit. And you look at it and like the how the actual, for example, like um, the, the powdered sweeteners, right? You look at it, it's like predominantly still erythritol with like a little bit of monk fruit added at the end. One, because it's yeah. expensive. And two, it's very, 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 very sweet. And it kind of has a weird flavor. It balances it out. Same mm -hmm. thing when you buy like, um, like stevia. Never make this mistake. I've done this way back in my early days. So like before I was even like in formulating, they go, oh, this is cool. Let's try some stevia. I got like stevia extract. There's a massive difference between how stevia extract tastes versus like the stuff you get in that packet or things are sweetened with. It is actually very, very, very bitter. It tastes horrible and it has to be cut because it has such a strong taste. And most of these packets you're getting have some maltodextrin in them. Yeah, like maltodextrin and like a stevia mix to water it down. Because otherwise, it, like stevia extract is very bitter. It's not good. It's bad. I like it. I just spilled energy drink everywhere. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, with uh, to get back to your question, I, I might need to peace out for just a second. The companies that are mixing sucralose and stevia together is they—they're they're trying to lower the sucralose dose. And I, I'm speaking specifically to caged muscle or caged, um, where they have a far lower sucralose dose. But stevia, in my opinion, and I guess in theirs too, it's just not good enough on its own to carry those products. But by adding some stevia, you can lower the sucralose, which seems to be uh, the compromise at the time. Which I'm 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 personally okay with that because their stuff tastes good to me when they do that. Um, but uh, yeah, if, they, if you remove the sucralose, I'm sure it wouldn't taste as good. Yeah, to me, the whole point if you're using one or the other, like a sample of stevia, it's to avoid having to use artificial sweeteners. It satisfies, you know, that that Whole Foods crowd. You know, that's why mm -hmm. I kind of thought it was interesting. I'm like, why why do both? That doesn't make any sense to me. I guess if like in the perspective of oh, we'd like to lower the sucralose amount, but then to that point, I'm like, okay, but but why? You know, a lot of times the amount's not disclosed. Uh, I know NutriBio discloses it on theirs in terms of flavor system. But honestly, sometimes when people like, for example, ask, well, how much sucralose is in the scoop of this? I'm like, we don't disclose that. You know, like, you know, yeah. But like at the same time, if I told you, oh, it has 120 milligrams, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Like, does somebody in their head have like this arbitrary number? Like, I will not drink anything that has over 120 milligrams of sucralose per serving. Like, does anybody actually know what they're that number you just want to know just to know right like i, I apply that concept to so much in this industry like knowing, like knowing where your yeah knowing where your command uh, <laughs> is like like what does it mean to you or like any parts of these things uh prop 65 statements showing up on on prottles like a lot of a lot of brands are afraid to put that prop 65 on their bottle but you realize you're going to get a total of one email a month about it you know like it Yes, there will be the Ben's and Mike's of the industry that will ask those harder questions. But for the vast majority of people, it does not like 100 milligrams of sucrose means nothing to 99% of people. So it's it's like 
You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because I want to say, okay, well, if you want to show that you're using less sucralose, you put the dosages of them. So you're showing, okay, because we're using the stevia, we only need 50 milligrams of sucralose. But to a lot of people, 50 milligrams of sucralose could sound like a ton. Yep. You know, because there's no point, there's no scale here. There's no point of reference for most of these people. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a losing battle with most of these things, like trying to appeal to the natural community, trying to appeal to whatever. It's it's mostly a losing battle. That's not interesting. I mean, if you tell somebody, oh, it has X grams of sugar, people have a, a relative idea in their head of that. Like if I said, oh, I look at a can of Mountain Dew and it's 46 grams of sugar, even a person rudimentary understand, but that's a shit ton of sugar, you know, or like mm-hmm. you show the visual thing here, here's how much like in granulated form sugar is in this can, right? Right. If you were to put like, say even 300 milligrams, which is a shit ton. And in, in a lot of cases of sucralose on the table next to that amount of like the 46 grams of sugar, you're like, that's it. Right. But like, where does that number in your head come from? That's my, that's my pose. That interesting question. Like, what is this information mean to you? Did you read a study saying, Oh, if it has over X amount of per serving, you're getting over X amount per day for tracking your sucralose intake, which I don't even know if one could do if they tried, that'd be an interesting experiment. Um, is there a cutoff? Like why, what does this information mean? You know, that's just what I thought. I, I think that social media has, I'm sorry, I, I, just, I just say that I think social media has increased the um, ability of these people to reach to Drew specifically, you know, and so just because you're getting those inquiries doesn't mean that it's really all that much. It just means they have more more of an ability to get to you. Whereas years ago when people were buying mail order supplements, like you, you'd have to call and get on the phone with someone to ask them why there's sucralose in the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> now you mentioned, I don't know what I missed, but Ben mentioned like, uh, you know, the, the challenge of trying to appeal to the natural consumer. Um, it, it, I guess like, you know, if the, the brand, a, a cage, for instance, has a Chris Gethin there who is clearly uh, on that type of wavelength, we'll say, then it, I guess it makes sense because a lot of people are following yes. him for that wavelength. But um, why do you know why Alpha Lion is moving to natural sweeteners for the superhuman hydration? Ghosts is, is also like naturally sweetened. So is that, um, is this demographic looking for hydration supplements? Are they wanting natural sweetening? It's a combination of one is just, I want to do it just because and to see how it reacts to, if it's a simple formula like this, it's not all that hard to mask. I mean, in that case, mm-hmm. hey, why not? You know, why not use like a natural sweetener um, just to kind of try it out? But it's kind of a good wholesome product. It also sets a table if we want to expand this product into some other markets um, in terms of the cool. natural space, we have the ability to do so. Um, then I sure enough, I know somebody's going to try to kick back about the different forms of the electrolytes in there, but you know, you can't make everybody happy, but it's just something interesting and wait, why not? kind of idea. Right. I think if you can, you should, right? Like, like, like if it's, if it's possible, why not make the product more accessible to more people? But I I wouldn't necessarily expect you to start putting, you know, a green leaf on the front of the bottle and saying like flavored naturally or any like, but it's kind of like, uh, technically Corona's are gluten-free. They don't market them as gluten-free because they think that that would change the way that it's perceived by consumers. But if you have celiacs or if you're intolerant to gluten, you know that you can drink these things. So it's accessible, but it's not, you know, now I'm not saying that like being a vegan a marketed brand is, is like softer or anything, but it's not necessarily going to convey itself well alongside superhuman yeah. supreme. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say. What else is gluten-free, Ben? Bacon. Yeah. yeah. Ben's got <laughs> a whole fridge full of coffee. So I will, I will, I don't want to keep dragging this part out, but one interesting note is when it comes to things like, for example, plant protein, vegan protein, one thing, I don't know why 
everybody in their head automatically goes a connotation when they come out of the product. A lot of sports nutrition brands are guilty of this, and that's fine. I, I get it. <clears throat> you do competitive analysis, you look at everything out there, and a lot of these plant proteins just predominantly been in that, say, that whole foods customer type space. A lot of them are naturally sweetened, naturally flavored, right? For a brand such as, you know, like Alpha Lion, uh, we're not traditionally playing in that space. We're not, I'm not necessarily going after if we're working on a vegan protein wink um, for having that whole foods customer as our main demographic. We're looking for the people instead to say, hey, I just would like an alternative to like a dairy-based protein. Mm -hmm. In that case, you know, if we're sticking within that bandwidth, chances are the customer that would capture us and want to be picking up our vegan protein, for example, or plant-based protein, they're not going to care so much about having natural sweetener because technically sucralose and ASK, they're, they're vegan. They're, they're not animal derived. You can use them. So I don't know why people don't think they're accessible. If you're for the natural angle, yes. But the answer to my point here is the average person, if they're like interested in our brand or whatever, and they're buying our brand to begin with, Someone that's drinking something with 300 milligrams of caffeine and some artificial colors and sucralose isn't going to give a shit if it's stevia or for sucralose and the plant protein. They want that <laughs> plant protein either A, because they have lactose intolerance, or they just want to have something that's not animal-derived. Do you see my point? So that, that's the big thing people need to step back and look at. Like, why are you using natural sweeteners? Because of a demographic? Because your personal preference? Or because, oh, the other plant proteins have this, we need to do this too. Mm -hmm. that, that's kind of something I think people lose perspective of. I think you're totally right. Uh, earlier this year, I went completely gluten and dairy free uh, just to see what would happen. And in my searches for proteins, it was so difficult to find. It wasn't I mean, it wasn't I shouldn't say so difficult. There were a choice few that were very good. But to find uh, animal free or at least dairy free proteins that were not naturally sweetened because I didn't care to try any stevias. If I, I I already tried so much for work, I wasn't gonna do it for the rest of my life. And so it was it was actually quite funny to be honest with you because I ended up enjoying quite a few different plant proteins. But I definitely think the superhuman market has a place for sucralose plant proteins. I think that you probably have a fair amount of people using your pre workouts but can't drink you know dairy or whatever it is. Oh, that's spot on. So there you go. And then Miss Shepard again. I keep going back to that. I have to go back <laughs> to coworker, man. Did, or, sorry. So back, <laughs> when I knocked my ghost energy over here, I was looking for an old email I had sent to Ben back in the Nutribio days. So I finally found it. But it's the <laughs> so, title here, March, Monday, March 12th, 2018, 7.52 a.m. Title, <laughs> their subject. Will Nutribio Natural Series make my dick and balls fall off? And I cited a study where they gave like these e enormous doses of stevia to rats and they went infertile. And so I was kind of messing with Ben on that. I point. remember but, this email. <laughs> I knew I said it. And so I finally found it. But um, if you do like the human equivalent dose of the stevia in this study, it was pretty much like like a wheelbarrow's worth of, of stevia. Yeah. But if you give a wheelbarrow worth of, of stevia to a human, I'm sure you're probably going to have some problems, but you encounter issues long before your dick and balls falling off. You eat that much. <laughs> Just like, yes, I'm, I'm completely going to go there. There's like a study that clenbuterol is anabolic, but the problem is it was done in horses and like the equivalent amount for a human dose would put you in a coffin. Yeah. So I'll use clenbuterol to get jacked, bro. It's not going to have muscle. Anyway, that's like what done. It's, it's Yeah. I mean, we talk about this constantly. I got I got into it with a fit chick coach last week about sucralose being bloating and having gastrointestinal issues. 
I mean, it was beautiful. It was beautiful because I asked her to send me literally any study that would ever claim any of this. And so she sent me a review that literally concluded that there was no evidence of any that's of this. the best part when people they try to think they're cute and they send studies and then i'm like did you actually read your study because your study agrees with what i'm saying shut yeah. the fuck up like i mean like i mean mike mike you you've occasionally dropped the sucralose from your life but that's more of like a dealing with the sweetness right yeah so it's more of like the the dopamine fasting thing and that's something we'll mm. have to get dr cam Sapa back on to talk about but um in general i've noticed that when trending towards the, like the carnivore-ish diet. And I usually do like a, a carnivore adjacent style where I keep the hot peppers in there. But um, if you drop the, the sweeteners and switch to like, I'll still do like a fat burning pill or something like that. Um, the, the bitter stuff and the spicy stuff starts tasting a lot better. And you start, you stop getting hooked on that, that dopamine kick or the sweetness um, and like things like black coffee taste phenomenal especially like a not bad coffee start tasting really good so it's not the sucralose i'm against it's more of the the sweetness and the dopamine spike over and over and over that we get hooked on that i occasionally think is good to fast from it's reasonable i, I mean I, that this comes up in my q a almost every single day is like should i be uh should i cycle testosterone boosters should i cycle pre-workouts i think in general we're changing the chemistry of our body quite often with a lot of these things that we're using even if it is just a very simple product and taking some time off to allow your body to do its own thing absolutely makes sense i mean i think i think a lot of the times we get very nitty gritty on what the data says instead of just using common sense. <laughs> common so, sense is not common, as the old saying goes. That's that's a good point. So we're rounding out on a, on an hour and a half here. So I think um, a couple things to look forward to. Drew, I don't know if you know this, but we're going to be together for the ISSN this year, is my understanding. Uh, so I don't know if Mike is coming to that or not in June, but we're going to be chopping it up at the ISSN, learning all about the new studies coming out. So that'll be some fun content coming. Um, and one of the things I really enjoy about working uh, alongside Drew is that we are pretty much in a lot of the same communities, in the same ingredient uh, uh, circles. And then B, New Live, even though I I think I, did I introduce you to New Live at, at Supply Side that one year when we, when we finally linked up with Ken? The, the no, I've, I've actually, the funny part about there, Aquaman, as I affectionately call him, or Great Value Aquaman, that is. For anybody that doesn't know who this is, look up Ken Montez of New Live Science and tell He's me Aquaman. he doesn't look like, he does not look like Aquaman. He's Aquaman, for sure. Can't not see it. Anyway, he, he pursued me for years via email. It's like, hey, we got this ingredient. And then for finally, like, across town, I'm like, look, motherfucker. And he's actually a really cool dude. But anyway, like, I, I find I think we actually met him in person. It was like a supply side yeah. here at the booth. But very cool guy, uh, another great friend of ours. But yeah, it, it's interesting in this world. And this time, too, the ISSN is actually in my backyard down here in Fort Lauderdale. So this time, you can't come down to Florida for three days and ignore me, asshole, being 10 minutes yeah. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was, was a, a tough one. It was sad, Drew. There was there was no tacos to be had because you were too busy. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to. I mean, I it's funny though. I do want to note NNB New Live Nutrition Twenty One. Like we have like quite a few different circles that we frequent together, and it, it's 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 pretty cool because I think we end up with almost all the same standpoints on uh, pretty much everything. Uh, but there's some there's been some pretty cool stuff happening. So. Um, Looking forward to that and uh, a, a good strong year for 2022. There's a couple of products that I know about that Alfline's doing that I cannot wait to share. And I know we can't talk about yet, um, but 
it's I, I guess maybe we'll have to do this again at some point. Maybe we can get Jordan in on it as well. I think that'd be great. He's always um, very excited to talk about the brand as well. And it's the same thing. I just have to be very careful. I don't want to spill too early some of the fun stuff we're working on. I mean, some of it's probably not surprising, but, you know, I, I don't like letting everybody know what's coming yet, you know, not because it's like a big secret, but that's no fun, you know, work in silence. And then when you finally get some daylight, it's all that more rewarding. You know, Maybe we can go uh, do the uh, next podcast in Columbia with Jordan. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I mean, nobody's going to try to kidnap the Yeti. You may be seen last of the mountains and never come back, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, Mike, All right, you got Drew, where do we find you? We have uh, at Vanilla Gorilla Drew on Instagram. Are you, uh, and then Alpha.Lion on Instagram. Drew, are you yep. TikToking? What's your TikTok? I am same. Alpha, uh, Vanilla Gorilla Drew. Yeah, check your TikTok right now. Bro, I went viral the last couple of days, man. I, I just. What'd you do? I posted a shoulder training video and next thing I know it has like 30 some thousand views. I'm like, there it is very nice shoulder pop. I will tell you, I, I TikTok is a whole nother animal in terms of people just like being salty assholes. For oh no my God. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck, man? Like I just posted a video saying, Oh, these, these got a little heavy training video. The next time people are commenting, your shorts are gay. Your shorts are gay. Half reps trash. I'm like, okay. But then one guy's like, man, do your boyfriend know you're wearing this? Somebody else is short, you're a snowflake. I'm like, but why, sir? Are you so salty? TikTok is crazy because if you actually respond to those comments, if you can make really funny content, like making fun oh, of those yeah, comments, yeah. and it blows up. Like, I I have a very like internal problem with our price plot TikTok right now because the content that does best for us is when I say very controversial things that people don't like, but it resonates very well with like thousands of people. But that's not a very good way to run a business on TikTok. Like being not, I mean, I'm not mean to anyone, you know, but like, like there's so many salty. You've been mean. I, I have been mean, <laughs> but like. But it does well. If you want to see it for some reason, it's hard. So, hey, hey, you want to see the worst fucking product I've ever seen in terms of somebody going to prison? Check out this label. Yeah, and hundred thousand views in yeah. a day. You know, it's it's really it is really something else. But I'm trying to be nice now. So, uh, it, it we've had less views, but we've been uh, we've been happier. So. Anyway, maybe this weekend. Anyway, so that's where you can find Vanilla Gorilla Drew, and you can go to pricefall.com slash alpha dash lion, sign up for the alerts to get notified when the new stuff comes out, or just follow everyone on social media. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Let's try to get this up uh Monday, April eleventh. Awesome. And I don't I don't have anything else. Drew, thanks so much for your time. This is a fun one. Dude, of course. I said, you know, try to cover some fun stuff. You know, I'm still recording, so it's all good, but um no, just find a fun mix of talking about some branding stuff and not make it like dry where it's not entertaining, you know? So think of a good mix there. Awesome. All right, it's so like time to take the dog out. <laughs> the problem is she, she plays community watch. You see somebody outside and like she growls them and barks and then of course the, the echoes everywhere. I'm like, can you not? I'm podcasting, girl. It's not the worst thing. All right. Well, uh, we'll end this one and we'll do another one soon. You're fantastic. Guys, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more. I think I have hinted at you, like, some of the stuff we are working on, like, some unique SKUs, um, you know, RGD space, bar space. I have, like, five products in those two categories alone. Hopefully this year, gummies are going to be everything dropping that I'm super excited for. Like, we have some really fun stuff. Cool. All right. We're looking forward to it. Awesome.